Welcome to Table for Two. This is Jessica Denker, President and CEO of the Iowa Restaurant Association and the Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association. Our trek continues across the state as we meet with award winners. This uh, Today, we're with Tafiq Shah. He was our American Dream winner this year, and he is the founder, the president, the CEO, the extraordinaire, all of it from Lola's Fine Hot Sauce. Uh, they're located over here in West Des Moines, and he is hosting us. We are surrounded by hot sauce, so it's a very exciting place to be. So um, thank you, Tafiq, for hosting us today here yeah, at Lola's. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me on. We are... Um, traveling the state and you are one of the first people we've talked with that isn't actually a restaurant owner but boy you know restaurants don't you I do and we work close with a lot of the restaurants here locally and nationally and even my sister had ran one before too so really involved and I worked in them my whole life so I know the ups and the downs and the ebbs and flows well and you and I actually met for the first time in a restaurant but barely got to speak because you were delivering your own fine hot sauce <laughs> over to Vivian's, which is sadly is no longer with us. But that was the first time we met a number of years ago. And, you know, I think one of the things that's so exciting about your story is it truly is the American dream. You are living what we hope everyone can find. And so let's just start with uh, Tafiq Shah name, interesting name. You know, where does that come from? Tell us a little bit about your family and how you landed in Iowa. Yeah, so it's a good question. So my mom, both my parents are, both my parents are immigrants uh, from two different countries. So my dad, he's actually from Pakistan. So he came here, I don't know the exact date, and he'll probably butcher me if he hears this, <laughs> but I'm going to guess the 1970s. Um, so my dad came here on asylum. His country was at war. Uh, my dad served in the U.S. or sorry, served in the Pakistani army over there. Um, but when war broke out in his country, um, he came over here on asylum and quickly joined the U.S. Army. So he served 20 years in the U.S. Army, came over here as a doctor. Uh, my mom, she comes from the Philippines, so completely different part of the world, uh, was a doctor as well, came over here, finished her residency, and eventually came to Iowa in the 80s, where my parents met. And uh, yeah, they uh, took care of local farmers, and it was one of their biggest things was to come someplace that was just really cool, really far away from all the distractions in the world, take care of the local people, because that's what they both grew up, uh, grew up doing. Um, so my name, Tafiq, it means peace and prosperity in, in Pakistan, and that's my first name, and then my middle name is Miran, M-I-R-A-N, and that's Filipino, and I have no idea what that means. I should probably <laughs> ask my mom. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where my name comes from. So I've got a blend of Filipino um, and Pakistani, but I was born here in Iowa, so it's kind of cool. Now, you know, <laughs> I can't call you the tale as old of time as time with that love story between the two doctors, one from the Philippines and one from Pakistan. But I do want to, first of all, if your dad does listen, say thank you for his 20 years of service in the military. Obviously, um, we appreciate all of our veterans, and I know you do as well. Um, I don't know a lot of words um, in <laughs> Philip from the Philippines, right? Um, from and help me say the say the name right. Tagalog, Tagalog, right? But I do know two. I do know two words. One is Lola, right? Which we can talk about how you got that name, and the other is Sarap, which is a big word here at Lola's Hot Sauce. So tell me just. How did the company get started, and um, how did 
a Filipino Pakistani Iowa boy like you <laughs> land here in West Des Moines with what is quickly um, becoming national and even an international uh, hot sauce uh, yeah. company. So tell us, how did this all happen? Yeah, so Lola's, um, so going back all the way to the beginning. So growing up, I was, so I was born in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, growing up, my mom and dad both worked at Covenant Medical Clinic, which was in Waterloo. Um, and at the time, you know, my parents, they didn't come here with any money. They might have had great professions, but they'd had zero dollars in their bank account. Um, so my mom would work in the evenings at a small clinic in rural Iowa called Winthrop. And so my mom would work full time, then go make rounds in a small clinic helping the local farmers there. Um, and eventually my mom ended up taking over that practice. I guess the folks really loved my mom. They loved coming to see her. My mom would be the only person that would accept anybody that walked through the doors, whether you could pay your bill or had insurance. Her whole goal as a doctor was just to make sure that you were taken care of. And a lot of it were farmers from small towns. Winthrop had 700 people. Um, so eventually when my mom took over that practice, I, I went to school first through third grade in Waterloo. Uh, I went to Catholic school, uh, St. Ed's for kindergarten. And then first through third grade, I went to a school called Kingsley, which was awesome. Um, and then eventually my mom took over the practice and I went to Winthrop. And so I went to East Buchanan and grew up there. And growing up, you know, my dad, uh, he was in the army, so he was actively deployed. So while he was deployed, and, and it was awesome, it was a good deployment because he was all across the country seeing our veterans, making sure they were healthy, focused, good, and ready for whatever challenges were ahead of them. Um, it was just my mom and I and my two older sisters. And my two older sisters, there's such a big age gap. There's like, it's almost... And pro they'll probably butcher me if I get this wrong, too. <laughs> but it's between 12 and 14 years, I think. And so even though I was like maybe call it 10, they were already going to college. So it was almost just like it was my mom and I. And my mom always made sure no matter how hard she worked or whatever happened that we always had a warm, hot meal at the dinner table. And each meal was always accompanied by a bottle of our hot sauce. It did not look like it does now. Mm -hmm. um, and then she would also have a giant mason jar of different types of salsas and all kinds of unique sauces because a lot of the farmers, they all had gardens and they loved my mom's cooking because she would always bring food into the office and they would be like, oh, hey, we grew some fresh tomatoes or we grew some fresh serrano peppers. Can you make something for us? And so she would always create these new sauces and they were at our dinner table. So I grew up eating this stuff. Yeah. And in 2016, I want to say, my mom had uh, sold her medical practice. Um, I was probably 26, maybe 27 at the time. And I, I found some of those bottles when I was helping my move, my mom move from Winthrop to Des Moines. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. I remember that day. I'd worked at Principal Financial Group for almost, I want to call it four or five years. And uh, we had a food day at work. And it was crazy because... It was almost like fate. It was a f Mexican Hispanic food day because one of our Hispanic coworkers was moving to a different department and the theme was tacos. And I was thinking to myself, the last time we had a food day, I didn't bring anything, but I did eat some of the donuts <laughs> and all of the food that was at the table. So I felt bad and I felt like I had to redeem myself. And I'm like, what can I bring? And you know, me being 26, 27, you know, uh, we never expect yeah, a lot out of yeah, that you know, age group. Right. I was in a hurry for work, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to bring this, this, this box of hot sauce. I brought it in, set it at the table, and then lunchtime came, and people started getting food and cracking open the hot sauce. And then I would just get a flood of emails from not only our department, but we invited some of the other folks from the new department that she was transferring to to come. And 
everybody emailed me and said, what is that hot sauce? Where did you get it from? Um, I'm like, well, first of all, you can't buy it anywhere. It's from my mom. And uh, I looked, me just thinking, being a capitalist, I was in the sales side of things at Principal. I'm like, well, there's six bottles left. I bet I could sell them for a pretty high price. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're 26 or 27, you've got bills Every, to pay, I do, right? I had, I had I mean, rent to pay. I right. lived downtown. Right. My son and everything. And um, I was like, okay, $25. And everybody's like, nobody gawked at it. Like, yep, we'll buy it. It was that good. So wow. after I remember, I remember that day after work, I called my mom, like, mom, the world loves your hot sauce. Everybody at work loved it. Uh, can we just like go ahead and make this? And I'm going to try to figure out how to sell it. And uh, she's like, yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's start. So my mom had just retired, but she was still working uh, interim part-time. So what she would do when doctors needed vacation, it was she would go and, and work while they were on vacation. They were called like locum moves or something. I can't remember the correct terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had no nothing going on. So we started making it. Um, I would work my full-time job. And then in the evenings, my mom and I would rent out a commercial kitchen in, in Valley Junction. There, it's uh, I, I think it's where the old Billy V's is, or if Billy sure. V's is still yep. there. It used to be a Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, but it was strange because it was a bar too. And the guy wouldn't let us come in until after they closed. So like we couldn't get into the commercial kitchen until like 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh. So And then you know we use fresh, real ingredients in our product. We don't use powders. We don't use any of that. Um, any xanthan gums or thickeners it's all fresh real ingredients there's only six simple ones and so we were thinking to ourselves where do we get the fresh peppers because we couldn't get as many red jalapenos as we needed from hy so we go to la tapatia the mexican uh, store downtown des moines and we would go there we would line up whenever they got a fresh truck my mom and i would it was like doing a weird deal on the side it's like five <laughs> it's like five in the morning that pepper exchange pepper in the parking exchange. lot huh? we're like hey how many boxes of red jalapenos <laughs> do you have and they would always have two to three but they started bringing in more as our business grew and yeah, great um, business yeah we would yep. we would buy them fresh we would get the garlic fresh. We would do whole peeled garlic. And I got a story about the garlic. I'll tell you that was a nightmare. (laughs) Um, but, uh, just the peeling, the labor that went into it, it, it was, my mom would dice the peppers. I would peel the garlic. And then once that was done, she would squeeze the lime juice and then we would do the blending and mixing the ratios of salt. But we would do that from one in the morning until 6, 6 a.m. And then I would go to work the next day. I would work 8 a.m. to 5. Um, and then I would work on the website, work on all the marketing materials, and then we'd go back to the kitchen. And we did that for several months until we were ready to get into the farmer's market. And then we started doing the Valley Junction market, the Des Moines market, um, and it just kept blowing up. And that's how Lola started. Wow. And what made you decide to name the product Lola's? Yeah, so that's that's real, real near and dear to my heart. So growing up, I was the first in my family to have a son. So I had my son at a young age, um, and he's a great kid. He's 18 now. He lives with me, and um, uh, he actually just, just participated in eSports. So he goes to Waukee nice. um, uh, eSports finals. But, um, yeah, he uh, had him. I was the first in my family to have a son. And in the Philippines, Lola means grandma. 
and, but it also means a figure of somebody important. So Lola was always a good cook. She took care of the family, kind of that matriarch, to really make sure that everybody was well-balanced. And my mom was there to help me take care of Talon because even though I had him at a young age, I was also working full-time. I actually had two jobs. I would bartend in the evenings. I would work full-time during the day of my 9 to 5 um, let me rephrase that. I bartend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I would go to college four to uh, like four thirty to ten at night at DMAC and Grandview. So I was working two jobs, going to school full time, and being a single dad while taking care of Talon. And um, my mom was always there to help me. And so rather than call, "Hey, mom's here," we would say, "Lola's here," because grandma. Instead of calling grandma, we called her Lola. And the name just stuck. And so growing up, eventually, my two older sisters had their kids, and they called my mom Lola. And uh, every time my mom came around the house, it was just, hey, Lola's here. We kind of just dropped mom. We dropped Carmelita and just called her Lola. And yeah. I wanted to name the company for the next generation of somebody that may, may you know, should talent choose to one day, but right. um, keep it in the family to for the next generation. And it's awesome now because talent he's 18 he works for our company he does the demos at hy demos at fairway he does some of the sales calls and he does the farmer's market he actually leads the farmer's market team and every time he talks to somebody he's like oh yeah that's my lola's recipe you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it truly means lola meaning his grandma that is yeah. a, what a what a beautiful honor to um and legacy that that is for your mom i do in a weird weird six degrees of separation you and i actually are connected in a really odd way because your mom's practice in Winthrop that was Doc Maynard yeah. at one point right <laughs> yeah yeah and my family is all from Aurora and Independence and Hazleton and Doc Maynard was a legend mm -hmm. I, I love to think that uh your mom was the doctor to my grandparents I mean that is just um you know, it's a real, and now here we are sitting here <laughs> together. So crazy? yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's a small world. And I'm sure it that is. I could probably name a few cousins that were at East Buchanan that you might have run oh, with, yeah. but that's <laughs> probably for another day and another time. So, um, so a lot of jobs, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Let's talk about peppers because the peppers seem to be really the key to making your products what they are. And we are sitting in a part of the country. Peppers aren't grown here year-round. So how are you sourcing the products to stay true to what it is you guys are getting done? Yeah, absolutely. So we stay true. We work directly with our growers. So we source peppers domestically, but I mean, 90% of the world's peppers are actually grown, you know, in Costa Rica, South America, and Mexico. So we get a lot of our peppers. We try to get as much locally, and when I say, lo sorry, domestically as possible. So California, Texas, and sometimes we'll buy from local growers here, especially when we're doing smaller projects like newer, newer launches. But, excuse me, but where we stay true is we stay true by buying from the growers, giving them great prices, working with them to help with our crops, especially as how big we've gotten. You know, we create our own proprietary pepper mashes that we work with a couple of vendors that help us do that. And that's really what you get the magic of Lola's in because Lola's were f focused on delivering great heat without with flavor, sorry, with flavor, with great heat, but without the burn that's going to make you cry. So, you know, for example, like our Carolina Reaper, you're not going to, go up in tears we do have one our family reserve which will make you cry a little bit <laughs> but the flavor is really good but in order to secure especially those super hots those very unique peppers you have to work with special growers around the country so south carolina north carolina a lot of the uh, 
warmer states is where you can get those peppers. Um, so we work a lot with the local farmers. We get that. Um, we source a lot of it domestically and just try to bring it in as much as possible and follow mom's recipe to a T. Yeah, and she's still standing there checking them all out, right? <laughs> she does. I mean, this are still her recipes. Mm-hmm. She still approves them. She's still 100%. very integrally involved. So Yeah, every batch that we run, so we run, we usually produce inventory quarterly now so like we run huge reloads and then we have several warehouses across the country where we're store where we will store it um, my mom will taste test every single batch so normally our QC analyst or our food scientist from Lola's they'll send her a batch she approves it if it's a no-go we usually bottle it and donate it to like a food bank and put like a different label or just say take this that way nothing goes to waste um, and then everything that's approved we keep and it's the stuff that everybody eats. So you're a good partner to the Iowa Restaurant Association. We've worked on a number of projects together and you really do have a strong connection to our industry. Talk about the role of the restaurant industry in your growth and recognition and how that impacted what you've become as an organization. Absolutely. Restaurants are really how Lola's got started. You know, the, the, um, the farmer's markets were a great way to get the brand out to people. But really what people, a lot of people don't know is Lola's. I would go to every restaurant. That's where I went to first. You know, it's, um, hey, here's a great hot sauce. We're local. Let's try something different. That's not, you know, the normal stuff that you get. And we've got way more flavor. Um, But not only that, I grew up working in restaurants. So a lot of my background, I spent six years, and sorry, more than six years, probably 10 years, forgot how old I am sometimes. It's all right. (laughs) Yeah, gosh, I'm going to say. We all do that. Yeah, 10 to 12 years, I worked as a server, a bar back, a bartender. I've I've washed dishes. I mean, my first, one of my first jobs, I worked at Taco Bell when I was 16, just scrubbing dishes in Waterloo. Um, So really, restaurants are the heart, heart and soul of our brand. They're the ones that patrons come to that frequent. That's where business happens, a lot of great deals, a lot of great camaraderie, friendship, family traditions happen in a lot of these restaurants. And I wanted to bring our family tradition into that too, to share the world, the great flavor that we have with the world. And with the, so for us, it's very important. We always want to work with them and we're small enough where we can actually help support the restaurant. So, you know, not trying to point fingers at the majors, but I mean, Mm -hmm. how often are they going to come to a local restaurant in Iowa and say, Hey, go to this restaurant or throw in a promotion or even do something social media or on TikTok or, or video content. We're able to do that where we're nimble enough. And so we really want to work with the restaurants because costs have gotten high. Inflation still seems to be there. I mean, I, I just went out to eat. When did we go out to eat? We went out yesterday and our meal that you would think was, you know, like maybe $20 back in 2019 was 60 bucks. You know right. what I mean? Like, so it's like, and, but I understand because a lot of these costs, it's not the restaurants that are, have, they have to do it because their costs are going up. Right. Labor is hard. And so we recognize that. So we really have a great program and it means a lot to us because they help to get our brand to the masses and locally. And we want to show the support by, can we get people through your doors? Can we help reduce costs somewhere? Can we work on special limited time offerings that bring other patrons or attract other guests? So for us, it's really at the core of what we do. And that's why we're part of the Restaurant Association because food service is really at the heart of Lola's. 
and it's really how people get to try our brand um, and try to add as much value to restaurants as possible. Yeah, so there's a couple of places that both restaurants and uh, consumers can try your products in interesting ways. One is the Culinary Affair event that you've been a part of a number of years. Amazing event. It's always had a little bit. Yep, and that's coming up (laughs) April 7th. Uh, Actually, folks interested in that can start to um, find ticket sales available now. Um, If you haven't been, go. It's amazing. (laughs) But what I've really enjoyed, because I've had the opportunity to judge, is your participation in the statewide culinary competition and looking at ways that the chefs have been able to add heat not this isn't a condiment um, for them. They're really integrating your products into some dishes that are groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And we we partnered too with the Iowa Beef Industry Council this mm-hmm. year. We were with Choose Iowa, where they got to look at anything that's part of a Iowa program. And actually, you're a Choose Iowa <laughs> yes. uh, choice as well. So. Talk about the breadth of things that people have been able... You've really grown. I mean, you're not just a substitute these days for a traditional hot sauce. There you have... I'm sitting in a a showroom filled with a variety of products. How have you been part of the culinary competition? What have you seen that's interesting? And, And what's happening with your products across the state, restaurants, and even the world. That's a great topic. And it's actually, that's my favorite event of the year, getting to try those dishes, because it's amazing what all the chefs create. Like, I mean, to give you an idea, like our hatched chili and sweet corn, so we have a breadth of salsas as well. You know, Aura put it in a chicken pozole soup, and it was amazing. And one of the chefs created, and I can't remember what restaurant he was, but I ate like 20 of these things. He made a <laughs> Filipino lumpia egg roll, but he used our smoked bacon and sweet corn salsa as the filling. And it was like, whoa, that was inspiring. But then you're seeing chefs, you know, from all the local restaurants, all the distributors. They're bringing in our green jalapeno and serrano or original and creating unique uh emulsifications or or like a spicy ranch or one of them did like almost a green jalapeno crema which was topped over a tamale corn cake and lola's is not just a condiment it's amazing how the chefs are able to get it but not only uh incorporate it into their ingredient or into their recipes but it also helps substitute some of the other ingredients that might be more expensive you know what i mean there's so much garlic in our hot sauce and garlic is expensive i mean unless you're using canned or jarred garlic we use fresh whole peeled in every single one of our batches you know putting that in there they're using it as a substitute and getting that nice kick and great flavor and it was just i love the dishes that come from there in fact that culinary uh, competition has inspired a lot of our food service offerings. So beyond just restaurants, um, Alex, who does some of our food service creations, he'll go out and do an R&D innovation session um, with different different restaurants, not only here locally, but across the country. We'll take some of these amazing, amazing dishes that these chefs had made. We'll pay homage to the chef by telling him, hey, we found this dish at, let's call it Destination Grill, right? Or mm-hmm. one of these other great restaurants that's part of the IRA. And this is where, what inspired us to create the restaurant. It was this chef. It was this restaurant. Here's something cool to try. And people are just like, ah, oh, they're in all of the flavor and the, the umami that comes from it. It's so cool. Well, so one of the things that we do every time we have our podcast is a little segment called Takeout. And one, takeout's fun because it's a restaurant kind of word. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, it gives advice to operators that might be listening, something you can do today. And I'm looking at the 2024, um, the 
menus or what's hot in, in culinary, what's hot in restaurant menus. The top 10. Number one, world stage soups and stews. Bria, chicken tomka, laksa, salamoreo, or salamoreo, sorry, um, upscale ramen. Number two, global chicken wings. Number three, international barbecue. I mean, this is your wheelhouse. It you is. have been ahead of the curve on everything here. And now, how many products are available? And what? where can chefs find things to capitalize on these trends using some of the Lola's offerings. Absolutely, that's great. And it's it's funny how like all of these trends, those trends are foods that I actually grew up eating, you know, like so give you an idea, Tom Ka is one of the soups that you had read, that's a Thai soup and my fiance, so she's half Thai, Cambodian, we eat Tom Ka probably once a month, but I've been eating it since I was, since we've been together, which has been like 10 years, you know, right. but um, being Asian and inspiration, I think a lot of that food draws together and we're able to kind of bring it to that culinary palate um, fusing that American, Filipino, traditional dishes, but also with our sauces, we have different varieties. So as you know, there was a nationwide sriracha shortage. Um, we created our own sriracha. Yeah, that was sad in my house. <laughs> yeah. Emily over here, our resident millennial, mm -hmm. she's nodding because millennials eat sriracha like it's ketchup. <laughs> I know, right? it is. So I'm, I'm only going to tease her that much today. <laughs> And it's funny because sriracha, it's, um, it's a Thai sauce. It originates from Thailand. And sriracha is the name of the sauce. Kind of like, uh, you know, when they say Tabasco, like Tabasco is actually the name of the pepper. You know what I mean? So sriracha is the name of an overall sauce. And what's really great is our Lola's original is actually almost, you know, just coincidentally happened to be almost a very similar version of a sriracha. So we had to, you know, add a couple more ingredients, some agave in there, fresh red bell pepper, a little bit of sweeten it up. Um... But once we did that, we got what we called a Lola Racho, which was our take on a Sriracha of what it should be, keeping that traditional Thai fusion, but also adding our little take on it, sweetened, but not too sweet, and it's all natural, clean ingredients. So that would go well in the soups and the stews and the pho, the tom cause, anything. And even the Lola's original is a great opportunity to put into your sauces as well, because there's no sugar in that. It's very clean. Um, so we've always been ahead of the curve by incorporating these dishes, and then you mentioned barbecue sauces. We get so many people that actually use our ghost pepper hot sauce as a base for their barbecue because the ghost pepper is actually naturally smoky when you use the fresh one. The powdered one is not so much smoky and it's just because it loses that in the process. And believe me, we process a lot of peppers. We've experimented yeah. quite a bit. But in the fresh one, it keeps that smoky flavor. And so a lot of like people are using it. Uh, give you a great idea. Cued barbecue over in Waukee. They use our ghost pepper in a lot of bases of their sauces, and it's amazing. And it's like it substitutes out a lot of the uh, the ingredients they need while getting them in the perfect heat. Um, so that's to the barbecue. But then the other one is the wings, right? So wings are huge. I'm a huge wing guy. I yeah. mean, that's probably one food I could eat for the rest of my life. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I love wings. We have our buffalola sauce. And so we actually launched the Buffalola in a five ounce bottle, I want to say about three years ago. Number one complaint we got about it, they loved it, is it was too small. You know, you put it in a five ounce bottle, it's like gone, you know, the whole thing. So people are like, we need more. So we made a 12 ounce bottle. Um, and it's so good because we use, we take a traditional style buffalo recipe that my mom formulated using a little bit of that fresh cayenne pepper. Uh, but then we also add Lola's original to it. And then a real true buffalo sauce uses real butter. So we put real butter in this product and it just, it's so good. Complete game changer. 
Um, so we have that. Are you and telling me there's a real butter? Yeah, in there? Oh yeah, okay, there's well, real butter. I might just have to take a little bit of that home. And oh, we're gonna give you en- all the goodies. Enjoy that. <laughs> um, so the fourth trend on the um, top ten trends overall, which I find to be interesting, because this is listed as a culinary trend, not a marketing trend, is incorporating social media trends like TikTok mm-hmm. into your menu at a restaurant. I personally yeah. fell for one of your social media, um, th- uh, what would I call it, novelties, jokes, for fun thing that you did. I was so looking forward to my Lola Lemon uh, exercise gear, which I thought was the most clever thing ever. But you, you're big users of social media. Talk a little bit about that and how maybe restaurants are you are you doing things with restaurants there helping restaurants on the social media side oh yeah we do i'm just trying to think of the right place to start we used to do when i first started lola something called weekly lolas where we'd come to restaurants and we'd come and cook a recipe video with you and we did that with a lot of restaurants it really helped grow our brand but also helped get a lot of restaurants through the doors um is very costly though to come in have a videographer do a recipe video every week especially for a startup company at the time. It uh, was very capital intensive. So what we've started doing is we started creating dishes with restaurants, um, and then we'll feature it across our story, our TikTok, um, X, um, or Pinterest, or any of our great social media outlets, but we also feature them on our website. So if you go to our website, you can find some recipes uh, that we featured in the past, and we're working with several restaurants around the area to create some new stuff. But going back to your question on incorporating social media trends, into food it's quite interesting isn't it somebody will whip something up put a little dance behind it on tiktok it goes viral and now you see it at your favorite restaurant right yeah it's you know, uh, well and I how have, times have changed yeah i have teenage <laughs> children and um i have felt sorry for the baristas at starbucks when they have come with whatever it is they have seen on some social media post with 40 iterations on how to change their refresher or whatever yeah. drink it is but those you know what to their credit, those baristas, they uh, they step up the game. They, they do. It, they they get do. it done. And they don't seem to bat an eye, so I doubt we're the only ones asking those questions. Absolutely. You know, speaking of helping restaurants, um, an- another thing that we do every time we host our podcast is talk about something that requires an exclamation point in your voice. It's a little segment that I love called Holy Hospitality. <laughs> And, um, you know, Emily's turning away now because she sits here and just listens and smirks at me while I say this. I think she's but, having a good time. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, this is what I wanted to name. I always mention this so that maybe someone will let me do it someday. I always want, I wanted to name our podcast Holy Hospitality, and I was I love it. vetoed. I was vetoed <laughs> by my resident millennial no. who listens to more podcasts than I do, so I had to go with what she had to say. But Holy Hospitality this time is, it is hard going out there in the restaurant industry right now just got some really telling statistics that average food costs are up 20 percent average wages are up 30 percent 38 percent of operators say their restaurant was not profitable in 2023 43 percent say that their restaurant is still carrying debt from the pandemic time Um, A lot of people are saying, yes, there's volume, yes, there's revenue, but even though those things are at the same or up, there's no profit. Mm -hmm. There's no profit right now. So um, holy hospitality, it's hard to be in our business right now. It is. Um, And so it sounds like you are really seeking ways to partner with restaurants to 
you know, help mitigate some of those issues. Absolutely. And that's really what the core of our food service model is. So, you know, we're one of, we're very, one of the very few companies that actually has Alex and a couple other folks that actually go out to the restaurants and sit down and talk with them. You know what I mean? Talk what's going on. How can we add value? You know, you go to a lot of these restaurants and sometimes you'll see a national mainstream, a legacy brand that's been on that table for how long? Some of the restaurants don't even know they're getting it. It's just part of standard protocol for we ship XYZ and nothing against the distributors. I get it. It's just right. how it works. But sometimes we come in and we're like, hey, you know, you might be paying $35, $40 for that case. Can we help bring that cost down? But also, can we help work with you and create social media or digital content around those dishes? Um, because restaurants, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it's so hard. You brought up a good point, you know. They're operating, their labor costs have gone up, their energy costs have gone oh, up, yep. everything to run the businesses. Even though sales are growing, their margin is being compressed and it's shrinking. And we recognize that at Lola's. So, you know, some restaurateurs tell us, hey, we just don't have, we can't do it. Even if you don't buy from Lola's, we still want to work with you. Can we still work with you to send people, create some social media story to drive traffic to your doors? At the end of the day, you don't have to carry Lola's for us to support you. We want to support you because I grew up in that industry and, and also my sister ran, you know, Lola's Fine Kitchen, which wasn't part of Lola's Fine Hot Sauce, but I witnessed her struggles running that restaurant and I helped out. There were nights there I would work full time here and then go help her at that restaurant. You know, a lot of her stress came from that. The cost, how am I going to pay my employees? Uh, but really what kind of was the nail in the coffin for that restaurant was she ultimately got sick. She had uh, surgery. She... Thank God she didn't have cancer, but she had a tumor on her uh, left side of her brain, which she had to go to Mayo to get that removed. So, And this is Hannah. This is Hannah, yeah, yeah my sister. has won a lot of awards, she, oh too. She God. had won so much recognition. Actually, you are, you know, your, your whole entire family has mm -hmm. been um, really trailblazers in so many areas. And looking at when, she, when it was her, it was female-owned business. Mm -hmm. I know you were a um, SBA uh, business of the year, looking at some of the things that you were doing across the community. So um, I'm guessing Lola is a uh, pretty proud of, <laughs> of her of her these days, she and is, yeah. um, excited to continue to be part of of everything that mm -hmm. you guys have going on. Talk a little bit about your distribution. Do you do food food service uh, packaging? How do how do restaurants get your products? Yeah, so a lot of restaurants get our um, they can get them nationally. So we're in every food service distributor. So we work with Cisco, we work with Martin Brothers, U.S. Foods, yeah. Performance Food Group, Cormark, McLean. They all stock our products. Uh, but our biggest food service distributor, not many people know this, is Dot Foods. So huh. Dot is really huge. They're a national redistributor. Uh, they do a lot of their business for food service. So for example, a Cisco household, let's say in New York. They've got a special customer that wants to get Lola's original. That customer now can get it as if it was part of their portfolio because Dot will redistribute it. So we sell all across the country of food service. Um, and just our offerings are amazing. So everything from on the tables, you know, five-ounce bottles, we do a lot for back of the house. We have so many innovation items that some of them don't even know they're a Lola's item unless they feature it on the menu, like our smoked bacon and sweet corn, which uses Iowa bacon. Um, we produce that in bulk, and that goes to a lot of restaurants. We also have our half gallons of green jalapeno serrano, half gallons of our buffalola sauce, mm -hmm. um, and there are sachets. We have like these little packets that you can find in convenience stores. So we're in Maverick, 
Um, we're working on several other regional chains that we're working with. And Casey's, of course, is a great supporter of our brand. So um, you can get it anywhere, yeah, essentially. And at retail, I know that you're everywhere these days yeah, as retail, well. Yeah, it's a... Uh, that's that one's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole different scene. Right? It's completely different than food service. Food service is very price driven, right? We want to make sure that we can add value. But then you also have to look at it. There's many layers. The more hands that touch that product, the more costly it can be for the end user. So we try our best to absorb as much as we can to try to help as much as possible while still maintaining a small profit so we can keep delivering good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but retail has been amazing. It's been uh, astronomical growth for 2024, and, and honestly, I'm kind of shocked at how 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 far we've all come from 2019, 2020 to where we are today. So yeah, you know, I think you're a great Iowa helping Iowa story because 100%. I know that you started with this. Like I said, I saw you <laughs> delivering the first time we met. You were delivering yes. to a restaurant. It was the and it was evening. It wasn't even a daytime delivery that you were doing, and you know, people. Um, met your products, experienced your products, grew to love your products in the Iowa restaurants. And um, you've grown. We're excited for you. And now you're turning around and doing what you can to help our market. So Absolutely. You know, well done and appreciate that so much. You know, um, you and I talked, and I only give one fair warning to folks when we do our podcast. And that is because we're at a table, and we are we're, we are at a table. You know, it's a conference table, but um, it's still a table. <laughs> so at this table for two, something always gets spilled. Table and for three, if we include yeah, her. if we include Emily, but she won't. <laughs> we're gonna get her on a microphone someday. Yeah, I, I may to. regret that, but um, and we ask people to you know you're visible. You are about as visible a business owner as there is. I mean, you can't think about Lola's without thinking about you. Um, So all of us think we know you. We think we know about the Winthrop small town boy (laughs) who, you know, had his feet and straddled a couple of cultures and turned it into this empire. Um, Tell us, spill something we don't know. What would surprise people? Give us a a little backstory that only those who are listening or really, really know you might know. And I've been thinking of how to properly word this. I'm thinking about it right now. (laughs) There's two really good ones that nobody knows. So... Deep at heart, I'm actually a really kind of a geeky guy. Like, I am at home. Like, I know how to do a little bit of computer programming and stuff like that. So, I actually, uh, I play a lot of games. Like, I grew up being a gamer. I played Halo, Halo 2, all the classics. This was before internet, too. So, you had to, like, have everybody together. But we would always, I would also, I would host the biggest LAN parties at my house. (laughs) So, we would have, like, 10 TVs. We'd have, like eight xboxes and we would hold hold tournaments and we did it for money which was probably illegal my mom had no idea what was going on but uh we would just all play halo and do things like that oh my gosh a halo gambling (laughs) ring is that what you're telling us that you are the mastermind behind that i know at 15 14 years old oh back when kids had to bring their tvs along to do oh my gosh those were big tvs we didn't have flat tvs so you had like a 30, 40 inch deep TV box. <laughs> oh my goodness. And are you secretly still gaming when I you do. can? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because you just said your son is a pretty darn good gamer as well. Yeah, right? so my son, he uh, was at state finals for esports for Waukee, and um, I play Overwatch with him. He plays he plays Overwatch, he plays League of Legends. 
So I played those two games with him, and then I also, on the side, I played Diablo 4 from time to time. So Oh, my goodness. Actually, I, probably more than I should have. I played for almost like eight hours on Sunday. Now, which... <laughs> now sadly, we're only a podcast and not a video podcast, because if people could see the sly look you have on your face, I have the feeling that you might, be, you might be a shark at some of these games. So Pretty to, good, to, I think. To look out for that. Well, we always like to end our time together with a little dessert, and dessert is just always tasty and welcome <laughs> and everyone loves dessert right mm-hmm. and that's some good news and I'm sure you've got some good news to share I'm just going to share a little good news about Steph Maiman who is one of our 40 women to watch recently Amazing. actually joined the Iowa Restaurant Association board and Pickle Palace in Cedar Rapids recently opened up And this is an impressive place that we're really going to encourage people to try. It's got indoor pickleball. It's got duck pin um, bowling. It's got the Black Sheep Social Club um, as second location of that. There is an event venue that's overlooking the river. And um, upstairs, there's an Irish pub that actually has a dog-friendly rooftop patio. So awesome. And they are smoking their meat indoors. I actually stood in the smoking area because it's that big. How big is the hood system? Uh, uh, (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. The hood system is as big as my bedroom. Wow. So it's really, it's just an impressive place. It's located right across um, the way. Um, You look out the window and there's the new big growth that's sitting Mm -hmm. there in Cedar Rapids. They're just doing cool things down there along the river and I just encourage everybody to uh, make a weekend to Cedar Rapids and uh, go to try this out um but I'll bet you've got a little bit of dessert good news to share with me today too what's going on here that's exciting yeah so anyway just touching back on that Cedar Rapids is amazing there is such a huge culinary scene developing there Alex and I were just out there working so Big Grove they're great partners of ours they're Mm -hmm. amazing the food, it's amazing there, but also there's just so many restaurants there that I want to try. So yeah. get out there, yep. make a trip out of it. That's something you sh- everybody, I think, should do because yep. there's get so much going car. on. Yeah. Yes. Um, this year has been amazing. So new retail launches, actually food service launches too. So I want to start off with our new deal, and it's with the national retailer. So with Walmart, we've actually gone enterprise-wide. And when we say enterprise-wide, that's all 4,500 stores. We actually produced a miniature bottle of our hot sauce in four different varieties that are going into this $1 hot sauce bin. So not only is it like a trial size that you can get for a dollar, but it's going to be available in all Walmart stores. And with that, they're bringing the rest of our products enterprise-wide too. So... That has been occupying my time, and I have not gotten much sleep. <laughs> no, but how exciting. I mean, yeah. r- really, what year did the company t- r- yeah. actually start? Yeah, so unofficially, 2016, yeah. that's out of the back of my car for the right. next three years. Right. But officially, we became a company in 2018. So it's, uh, it's... Wow, I mean, to see an Iowa brand, an Iowa company, Iowa born and bred, 100%. Iowa honoring... Um, company just really grow and knock it out of the park. That is the American dream. Absolutely. That is why you were the 2023 recipient of that, as well as your commitment to the restaurant industry. So thank you, Tafik, for having us today. Um, just as a reminder to everyone, this is the second season and the second show of Table for Two. You can go back and listen to a lot of um, conversations with previous award winners. If you like what you hear, 
go up there and follow us, like us. We're everywhere we're supposed to be on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeart. I shared last time, secretly I listen on Audible, but we're all of those places. <laughs> and um, go out and uh, enjoy an Iowa restaurant, eat and drink often, eat and drink local. And with that, this is Jessica Dunker on the table for two at the Iowa Restaurant Association. Mm-hmm.